Sponsors of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they really love, and create actual amazing relationships. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, host of the Ken Coleman Show, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today. And uh, he, of course, specializes on your career and your jobs, and so taking your calls about that subject as well today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Matt starts off this hour in Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, guys. So cool to be on. Um, I'll jump right into it. So, I've, Me and my wife are working the baby steps with great success. Um, I've got a good job. I make decent money. Um, I've got some of the best reasons anyone could ask for to get up and go to work every morning, but I still find myself struggling pretty frequently with um, finding meaning and fulfillment in my career. I don't think a shift in careers is the answer. I think I'm, you know, with the right circumstances, I could feel the same way with any kind of job. So I would love your perspective and your input on recommendations on things that I could do or book recommendations to help kind of pivot my perspective and start looking for meaning in my everyday so if i heard you right you're looking for meaning but you're you don't think you don't think it's a, a move in uh professional occupation is that what i heard maybe one day but at this moment my current career makes the most sense as a vehicle to reach financial peace for for me and my family okay well so that's a little bit different focus then instead of what you're doing um you need to be focused on what you're producing so what do you do I do heating and air. Heating and air. So you're out there uh, working on HVAC systems? Yep. Okay, great. So if, if based on what you just said, I want to challenge you in a moment on the big picture, but if, if I'm looking for meaning, um, I'm going to be focusing on the relief on men and women's faces when you show up to fix the AC. I mean, I'm telling you, if you're showing up to fix AC in Atlanta in August uh, and, and a lady answers the door, believe me, you're more important than her husband at that very moment. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? Well, well in, in the rare scenario, yes, but these last couple of years, what I've been noticing is that smiling face is becoming uh, much more scarce and the, the frustrated, pent-up, just... Uh-huh. The anger seems to be much more common in in my personal experience. I understand that, and I and I don't dispute that. But my point that I was making there, a little humorous take, is is that you've got to focus on you are providing uh, emotional relief. Yes, they're 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 upset at a lot of things in life, and certainly because their machine isn't working or whatever. But you are providing emotional relief. You are providing uh, comfort for for people to sleep at night. There's a lot going on there, and I think that's what you have to focus in on. And, and you have to say, you know what, right now, uh, my job is to uh, come and uh, fix a problem, but more importantly, do it in a way uh, where people do appreciate the service that I've brought them. Even if they're not super kind and super nice about how they treat you, uh, based on what you've told me, that's what you have to focus on is what's at the other end of your work. And at the other end of your work is peace of mind and comfort. And let's be honest, safety, if we're talking about heating in a very cold you know, environment. So that's what you're focusing on. And then you're grateful for the job uh, and what it's doing for you and paying off debt, uh, giving you stability to do that. So gratitude on one end for the job and then uh, appreciation for what you are ultimately providing. You know, okay. um, yeah. Why? Uh, I mean, 
if you're on time and your company's not overcharging, there shouldn't be really any anger directed at you, just frustration that they're heating airs out. Yeah, it's not necessarily at me. I think it's just the, the last couple of years have been a little wild, and I think I'm noticing that wear on people's nerves more and more, and unfortunately sometimes I'm the target of that, if that makes sense, just because I'm there and they're already in a frustrating situation. Um, yeah. can, can, if I could ask you, what would be, if I catch myself in a moment and I'm just frustrated and worn out or, or, or whatever, and I'm struggling to, to feel grateful, what would be an exercise you would recommend I kind of put myself through to, to reset myself, I guess. Yeah, well, you got to go right back to, hey, um, I've been able to pay off this amount of debt. Uh, we're going to be out of the baby step two at this such and such a time. Uh, this is providing this for my family. You just you retreat back to what this job uh, is allowing you to be able to do. And so it's not really fancy. It's just retreat to clarity. I'm clear on what I'm grateful for, and I know that this is just the season that I'm in. It's not a sentence. It's a season big difference and i think that's all you can do in those moments but i I would really challenge you i'm just curious let's fast forward because i know you've thought about it uh what 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 would you do long term if all this debt was gone and the emergency fund was fully stocked and you had options what would you do well that's 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 kind of a a struggle um so i would love to, to write a book that's my that's my dream eventually um it's i just don't have tons of time to to work on that day to day right now. That's fine. Um, but, but where, where I find myself kind of battling internally is I'm, I think I'm, I'm above average in pretty much anything that I apply myself to, but I have no idea what I would actually be great at. Does that make sense? I don't know what my specific niche skills are. Sure. I, don't know. I hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. And I'm going to give you my get clear assessment, which will help you have some self-awareness and then get feedback from people. But when I encounter someone who says that, um, that's a person who, for some reason, uh, has some self-doubt. And I think the people who know you best, maybe maybe you're one of your favorite coaches or teachers uh, or coworkers, I'd be asking the question, and in your wife, uh, family members who are going to be honest with you, you know what you're above average in, and, and just say, am I above average? You see me that way. And where you're above average, see, that can be turned into greatness. So that's real talent that can be honed. Think of talent as like a, a ball of clay, and when the potter puts uh, the pressure of his hands in the water on it, it's shaped into something tremendously useful. So that above average, that is what you're talented in, and then applying education, applying practice and experience to that talent, that can become a super skill. So stop wondering so much. Get some verification, confirmation from people who know you well. Use the Get Clear assessment I'm going to give you, and it is in those talents where you're going to see clues to enjoyment, to work that you enjoy doing. So hang on. I want to give you uh, not just the Get Clear assessment, which will give you a great report on talent, what you do best, passion, what you love, and mission, what motivates you. See, those three things are vital for someone to get clear and then make really, really good money and tremendous impact. I'll give you the book from Paycheck to Purpose as well, which is the map that will help you climb up the mountain once you determine what is that long-term, that dream, that peak that you want to scale. And I, on the short term, I don't know how much control you've got over the situation, but um, we're in a business where sometimes people are stressed out too. They're freaked out. They got money problems, and sometimes they want to transfer their frustration to one of our team members, and we just tell them they're not allowed to do that. Um, we're not here to be abused. We're here to help you, and it's not customer service to be abused. 
that's just lack of boundaries. And so if you got somebody that's out of control, uh, you may need to deselect them as a customer, like fire them as a customer. This is The Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman Ramsey personality is my co-host. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Have you heard the news? We're in a recession. Stock market's falling. Inflation's out of control. It's pretty easy to get out of control yourself, isn't it? If you watch the news all day long, it'll put you in a rubber room, man. I mean, seriously. Yes, there's some real stuff out there, but this is not time to panic. And if you're investing, it's definitely not time to panic. You got to stay level-headed. You don't jump off the investing roller coaster in the middle of the ride. That's the only people get hurt. So uh, you got to watch out for the gloom and doom people. They're out there. And history shows that the economy recovers time and time and time again. So you got to have somebody to guide you through these times when you're investing. And that's why we have the Smart Vester program. The SmartVestors, SmartVestor Pros don't work for us. They're people that we recommend that are in the financial advice business, and they help you with your investments with the heart of a teacher, meaning they're going to teach you what you're getting into. You're going to know what you're getting into, and you're going to want to stay through downturns. As a matter of fact, once you really understand a downturn, you're almost going to be tempted to invest more at downturns. RamseySolutions.com slash SmartVestor. If you want someone on your team to show you how and what is going on, RamseySolutions.com slash SmartVestor. Garrett is in Las Vegas. Hi, Garrett. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Ken. Hi, Dave. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Hey, so my question is, where do unexpected home repairs fall into baby step two? Emergencies. Okay, so let's say that the emergency fund... Is it an emergency? mm, I'd probably say it's not an emergency. Then you don't do it in baby step two. Got it. So we wouldn't treat it like a... An emergency if it's not. Okay, because uh, basically... Um, it, it, we, it's a bathroom and our kitchen kind of got shut down because of a leak. Well, you got to fix the leak. Um, well, the leak is fixed, but the insurance didn't cover the cost of the total repair. So essentially we're just down a bathroom now. So I was just like, essentially they said it's going to be $7,000 to fix the rest of the bathroom. Uh, 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 I'm sorry. Stop, 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 stop. The toilet repair costs $7,000. No, the bathroom. It's the whole bathroom. Okay. What's wrong with the bathroom? So um, we had a leak that went unnoticed uh-huh. um, for about six months. Uh, Murphy's Law, we bought our house last year, uh-huh. and uh, we didn't notice it was coming from our master bathroom into the kitchen, and it basically we noticed it when the floors were essentially uh, starting to, you know, cave in a little bit, and... Um, 
obviously with mold remediation and um, repair, um, pretty much the insurance only covered to a certain amount. So it covered like the cost of the kitchen and the demolition of the bathroom, but it pretty much like almost all the walls are like down in the bathroom and then no shower and pretty much the whole thing is, you know, going to cost $7,000. So I didn't know if we would save something no. to um, pay for that. Before you you need to just, you got to classify this need, whether this is an emergency or whether it isn't. So I don't understand why the insurance didn't cover the entire repair. Uh, because, the limit on the um, hidden water leak oh. was only a ten thousand. Yeah, I got you. Okay, that makes sense. All right. So, um, how many bathrooms so do you have? Uh, well, it's a three bed, two bath. And so you have one bath operating. Correct. And you have how many people? Two. You two and your wife. wife. Yes. Okay. And what's your household income? Uh, we met one ten. And what's your debt that you have remaining? Uh, Sixty nine thousand. Okay, it's going to take you two years. Okay. To get out of debt, right? Yes. Roughly, I mean, eighteen months to two years if you're really hardcore mm-hmm. on this. It's not. It shouldn't take you longer than two years. Um. Okay. Uh, the, the way I try to answer questions on the show is what would I do if I woke up in your shoes? Okay. What do you owe the 69,000 on? Uh, well, uh, 31,000 roughly spread over, um, two cars, um, 28,000 in credit card and about 10,000 in student loan. Mm-hmm. And what is the most expensive car? The most expensive car. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so the most expensive car is going to be like my off-roading slash overlanding vehicle, and that uh, that's like nineteen thousand. Okay. All right. Um, would you trade that for a bathroom? Absolutely would. Really? Absolutely would. Because I might not. Okay. Um, anyway, here's the way I answer questions. It, what would I do if I woke up in your shoes? You have a bathroom. It's just the two of you. This is an adventure. Let the stupid thing sit and get yourself out of debt. That's what Sharon and I would do if we woke up in your shoes. Now, if I wanted to get out of debt a little bit faster because the bathroom um, is a big deal, the second bathroom, uh, when we have one couple living in the house, um, I mean, I want you to get the stupid thing fixed, obviously, but it, you know, if you want to speed it up, the way you speed it up is you start selling off the expensive cars and that speeds up how fast you get out of debt, right? Yes. Cause one third of your debt or one fourth of your debt is one car. That's true. And boom, you know, we just cut down your two years to, uh, you know, a year and maybe 14 months or something like that. Uh, and you can knock the rest of this out if you want to. Now, really what that buys you is um, almost a year of fighting this stuff and waiting on to fix your $7,000 bath. But no, I would not budget in a non-emergency, non-leaking. You do have indoor plumbing. You have a bath. Um, sounds like a little creepy of a situation, but I'm with you. Our roof was leaking when we were broke. 
and we decided we were going to live this way. I got some of that black tar stuff in a five-gallon bucket and smeared it around on the roof and stopped the water from running down the light fixture onto the kitchen table. It looked like crap, but I could not afford a $6,000 roof at the time, and that's what it took to put a roof on that house. And uh, we lived like that for two years while we got out of debt. And after we got out of debt, I put a new roof on the house with cash because I don't borrow money anymore. And I wasn't going to stop getting out of debt for that one place that it was leaking and couldn't figure it out, a cheap way to do it. So I just made a mess. Yeah, I, I completely agree. A couple, one couple, no kids, one fully functioning bathroom. Take care of your priorities. It's not that big of a deal. It's a great story to tell anyway. You yeah. know, all your friends and family already know about it anyway because of the ordeal you've been through. Yeah. And you kind of, you know, someday when you have kids, you can go, you know, back in our 22, we lived <laughs> with one bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you can tell the grandkids that, right? What'd you call that stuff that you put on the roof? What was that? Black? What was it? Tar. 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 Yeah. What do, you, uh, what do you call it? Well, no, the reason I've said it is because I recently had a I recently had a leak in my roof, which you know about, and I just didn't have time to get anybody out there, and so I waited until it stopped raining. I got that Flex Seal from that awful infomercial that that guy screams no. at you about putting his boat back together. Why didn't you just throw your ShamWow up there? <laughs> So I went up with the Flex Seal, sprayed no. it. It stopped the leak until the roofers get it out there. Did it really? Well, now we've got an endorsement for Flex Seal. Well, I didn't mean an to do that. An unpaid endorsement. I didn't mean to do that. An unpaid endorsement. Well, I mean, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. I mean, this was, you're in a different century than I was when I did this. <laughs> I love that, so, though. Yeah. I love 1988 that. 1988's a different world. Tar. Than, than uh, 22. Can you even get tar for I your house know. these days? I don't know. <laughs> I doubt it. I, I don't even it. know how that stuff works. It's just that it's like like it's it's nasty. Yeah, it's just nasty. I love it. It's a great pretty, mental pretty much, picture. Pretty much white trash. <laughs> what I was doing there. This is the Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Drew is with us in Greenville, South Carolina. Hey, Drew, what's up? Hey, thanks for having me on. Sure. How can we help? Yeah. So I currently have um, student loans. So I just graduated uh, undergrad in spring of 2021. um, And I went to a full-time job right after, about a week after. And then I started grad school uh, last August, which is a two-year program. Um, so I've accumulated uh, pretty much a good bit in student loans, about 90000 uh, 90, total by the end of my grad school uh, career. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, what's the best way to attack that um, amount as quickly as possible because my goal is to be financially free and debt-free as quick as possible. So, um, 
And then so one more thing is uh, my current employer um, found out they have a tuition assistance program. So that's they're going to knock off about thirty grand right there. So really, I'm looking at about sixty thousand. Um, so trying to figure out the best way to uh, you know pay that off as quickly as possible. What do you make? Uh, r- about seventy thousand. Okay. What's the uh, what are you uh, studying in grad school? Um, it's a master's of engineering management. Okay. And what's that mm-hmm. costing? <laughs> it's costing sixty grand. And you're how far into it? Uh, I finished one year, so I have one more year left. Okay. What does that increase your income by for having that? Um, I'm hoping, you know, the company I'm at, um, I'm not really sure what the pay structure is for a management role because currently I'm in a technical role. Um, I would have to guess, I mean, about minimum 90 to a hundred starting as a manager. Oh, and you make what now? 70. Oh yeah. Okay. But you're guessing number one, so go find out. Number two, uh, you know, if you're an engineer and you bust it on a technical level, am I incorrectly presuming that you'd have an opportunity to move into management, or do you have to have a master's degree to get into management level of engineers? Um, I, I don't. I don't think it's necessary to have one. I think it it accelerates the timeline. Um, it kind of pushes you a little bit quicker up the t- up the up the chain. From what I what I've heard from people at the company. Okay. All right. Uh, well, you're you're halfway there. You're going to finish it. So the way you get out of student loan mm-hmm. debt is you live on nothing. And beans and rice, rice and beans. You don't go inside a restaurant unless you're working there as an extra job, and you don't go on vacation. Mm-hmm. You live on beans and rice, rice and beans, and you attack the student loan debt as fast as possible. You got sixty thousand to pay off while making seventy towards a hundred. Um, so mm-hmm. I, you know you need to do that in a maximum of two years, twenty five hundred a month. Twenty five hundred a month, and you need to start that now because you're currently yeah. making seventy, mm-hmm. and not take on the debt. Yeah, um, and then the other thing that didn't sound real I... convincing. <laughs> Well, I also just bought a house too. Uh, I was renting about a uh, early this year, but I yeah, that was a to... huge mistake. Really? <laughs> You're broke and ninety thousand dollars in debt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I, I I don't know. My thought process was, I mean, I'm starting to build equity early. Yeah. Um, listen, here's the thing. Okay. Um, you're going to have to decide which thing you're going to do. And the thing you're going to do, if you believe the shortest distance to becoming wealthy, which we do, and we have data to actually prove it, it's not a a theory, and we've been doing this for 30 years, the shortest distance is to not add new debt, number one, and then number two, live on nothing and clear your debts as fast as you can because then you will have control of your most powerful wealth-building tool. Um. And quit using your own analysis on these things because your own analysis sucks. It's what got you where you are. So um, don't don't look in the mirror again and say to yourself, you know, I kind of reasoned this through. No, because your reasoning has caused you problems. It's got you into a mess. 
And so you don't need to use your reasoning. You need new sets of information to make this decision. If you're an engineer, you built a bridge, the bridge fell. We don't want to use your calculations again. Okay? That's not a good, it's not, it doesn't build a good bridge. And so that, that's where you're setting. And um, so, uh, you know, uh, now, thanks for calling. We appreciate you calling in. Now, let, let's sidestep a second, Ken, because um, a $60,000 degree that might maybe, maybe increase your chances of, that's overpaying. For, it is for a masters. It is, and you're right. He's halfway through, so we're going to well finish. finish it. But the, the reason I ask that question is I want people to think about this. Unless it is the only way, meaning there is no ticket to the dance if you don't have this higher ed degree, then you've got to think through it. And you take a young man like this who's fresh out of college. He's got to earn it. He's got to pay his dues, Dave. He's got to crush it in the now. And then as he does a great job, goes above and beyond what his leaders ask of him to do. He shows himself to be humble uh, in the workplace. He shows himself to be hungry, to look for more opportunities to do what whatever it is to win. He's going to have an opportunity for leadership regardless of the master's degree. You take the same person with a master's degree. And they have the supposed edge, and they're up against a guy who doesn't have the master's degree, and one is humble, and one is hungry, and goes above and beyond what's required of them. Leadership will look at that person, unless there's some sort of weird, goofy politics involved, yeah. and they're going to promote that person every time. Well, you can pay $80,000 for an MBA, or you can pay $17,000 for an MBA. Well, there's that, too. Um, That's exactly and, and right. And so you need to think about what you're paying, yeah. and... Um, once again, we just want to underscore for everyone out there, not just that young guy, but for everyone, that not all education is worth what you pay for it. That's correct. It does not give you an ROI, a return on investment necessarily. Mm -hmm. And so if you pay $17,000 more for an MBA and you pay for it in cash and you finish and get a master's in business, and that might open up some doors, maybe a little bit. But And you might end up, your knowledge base actually might cause you to make more, not really the degree. Mm -hmm. But um, beware of anyone who tells you, including telling yourself, that going back to school is automatically worth it mm -hmm. at any cost for any degree. Because unless it's permission to play, That's correct. it's usually not worth it. It usually doesn't have an ROI. That's true. And if you overpay, you ensure that it doesn't have an ROI. <laughs> yep. And one other piece of advice for Drew. Drew, uh, Dave gave you a really good target, and I heard the, heard the doubt in your voice because you've got a mortgage now. Uh, $2,500 a month can be done with your skill set as an engineer. I would be, besides rice and beans uh, and schooling, you're looking for extra work, nights, weekends, engineer-type work where you can make really good money per hour that would allow you to reach well, that 40, 50 bucks, right? Absolutely, he yeah. could do that. And now, all of a sudden, what needs to be true for him to pay $2,500 a month to knock this out in that time period? It's going to be extra work. Yeah. He has a skill set that is in great demand. He can find a way to make extra money. Yeah. And the faster you don't have any debt, the faster you start to build wealth. That's correct. Because your most powerful wealth building tool is not some kind of scheme or scam where you try to figure out a way to trick your way into it. Um, it it's um, your, most your most powerful wealth building tool is your income. Mm -hmm. And it's simple. When you don't have it going out in payments and you put it in the 401k it, and in your Roth IRA, it causes you to become wealthy. It, it really is that stinking simple. It is. There's only one way to stack money, Dave. you got to make it and keep it. 
and and we we overthink this stuff it's pretty straightforward yep that answers that this is the ramsey show Coleman Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Chuck is with us in Indianapolis. Hi, Chuck. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, how you doing? Great. What's up? Well, I was calling in, you know, I've been listening to your show for a while, and, you know, even your baby step or whatnot, they was teaching that us in high school. Some of, you know, some people didn't pay attention, you know what I mean? But those are the stuff that you know I've been using, and I I wouldn't say I'm the best at using it. You know, some people do what they after they learn what they learn, but I'm, I'm I own my own business, and you know it's going well. But some you know it has its ups and downs, and sometimes man, I'm like, should I just go give me a regular job or just keep going? You know, I, I mean I'm I'm to the point where I don't know, you know, I don't know what to do. Well, you know, without, cause you know, running your own business, you have to work all the hours, you know, and toughest boss you'll ever have. I'm sorry. Repeat that again. I said, that's the toughest boss you'll ever have working for yourself. That guy's a slave oh, yeah. driver, man. He'll work you in the ground. Yep. So, you know, I, I'm like, man, sometimes I want to be like normal people go out on a regular day or, you know, so I'm like, well, you can't be normal. But then I'm like, you know. What kind of business know, is it, Chuck? A tow service. Okay. Mm. Is it just you and one truck? Or what's, you have a fleet? What's going yeah. on? Well, I got multiple outfit, but it's just me, though. So. And, I, and I try to hire some people, but people want want so much, they want so much pay but they can't, do, you know, they can't even back the truck up, you know? <laughs> I hear you. What is the, uh, what's the market rate, what you think is the fair rate for a tow truck driver? I'm just curious. Yeah, that's what, what the other people are paying. I can, you know. I know, I know. I don't care about other people. Based on your business and your revenue, what's a, what's a rate that if you could get somebody to take it today, you'd pay it happily? Anywhere between 15, if, if, that's if they're good. You know what I mean? I hear you. You got to train because them up. They can't, you got to train they, them up. But, you know, you know how many people I train? Some people, and then it's not even training. You, you know, this is not, it's the continuous learning. Because once I teach you, each job is not the same. You know what I mean? Sure. So, so what, what's the rate? You. What's the rate? 15 to 20 an hour? Is that what you were going to say? Yes. Yes. Okay. What did you make last year, net profit? What for the business or me? Well, you. I mean, what you pay taxes on last year? 
Uh, 120. Okay. Can you make that drive working for somebody else? Well, yeah, I'm going to have to work like a Hebrew slave for them. <laughs> so would you rather work for you or for them? Yeah, that's the thing. Working for me, I have to be the manager and this and, you know. Right. The, the, the thing with me is I can control what I do, you know. Right. I, I can decide, hey, like I was talking, you were talking to the other guy about the heat and the air. Uh-huh. If the custom, most of my customers, they happen to see me when they call, you know. Right. So that's not the, it's just more of the, you know. So at this point, I'm like, man, sometimes I'm, I'm more like, I'm tired of exchanging time for money, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you could make 120 driving a truck or some other kind of vehicle for somebody else, you didn't have to work the crazy hours, would you jump on it? Would you even be calling us? Yeah, I know I can do that more myself, but it's, you know. Well, you got to look for it. My point is, is it, you, you got to decide, right? I either want to work for myself, and then I'm going to have to try to hire somebody, and I know it's hard. We hear this a lot in Entree Leadership. When we have our leadership conferences, it's really hard. I understand that to get good help, but I also believe there are people out there who don't want to be in an office, who want to drive a truck or a tow truck, and they want to be somewhat autonomous, and they'll learn, they'll get trained. I know you can find good people, so you have to double down and go, all right, I'm either going to do the work to find good people to train them up and pay them and take some of my chief everything officer off of me and begin to delegate it or I'm going to say forget it I don't want to deal with it I'm going to find a good company where they value somebody like me and I'm operate heavy equipment or drive a truck make really good money and leave it at the office or at the work site and go home those are your two choices yeah everything you said about running your own business was negative you don't you're tired of it you're done mm-hmm you didn't, you didn't you didn't have any fight left to fight us to say oh I, I should keep it because of this you you never not one thing did you say there's a reason not to keep it all the reasons were get, reason to get out of it and there is some reasons to keep it but you you don't have those anymore and so if I were you I, I would close it up sell your truck and go get you a good job and um, not have to worry about all this junk and because you are you are officially done just listening to you you don't want to fool with it anymore um, you know unless you want to fight me on that and you didn't have any fight left when we were talking then i i think that's the best route i I think you're done it's not to say one's better than the other i'm just saying where you are sam's with us in new york city hi sam how are you i am well dave and ken how about yourselves better than we deserve what's up that's what i like to hear yeah so i'll just give you a little bit of background about myself so i'm 22 i uh, i currently have have no debt I'm, i'm moving to a new city um, because I'm a recent uh, college graduate, starting a new job, and I need a car to commute. Uh, in a car, car market, I would have always buy, bought used, but because car used car prices are so high, but oftentimes higher than MSRP, I want to know if it makes sense to consider a new car market instead of the used car market. Well, that was true six months ago. It's not true today. Used okay. car used cars are back down again, and so okay. they're not they're not all the way back down to where they were. There's still some premiums on some of them. But, um, I mean, if you start pulling up Kelly Blue Book, uh, you know, trade-in values, uh, even private sale values, you'll find used cars are still, are again, substantially cheaper than new cars. So a good, a good rule of thumb, Sam, is unless you have a million-dollar net worth, you don't want to buy a new car. They go down in value too much. How much money you got saved for this car? I mean, I've got saved up uh, about 30 but my uh, salary is 100 Good for you. Mm. Good for you. 
Yeah, I, I'd buy me a you know a, a twenty thousand dollar. You need an emergency fund left after you buy it. So I mean, I, I'd buy a nice twenty thousand dollar good solid used car of some kind that sounds fun if you're twenty two and living in New York. And I'd pay cash for it, and I'd be done with it. And that's the only thing I would consider doing here. You don't want to buy things that are going to go down in value when you're 22 in your first job. You don't want to buy things that go down in value ever unless you make so much money and have so much net worth that the amount you lose in value doesn't matter. That's why we say when you have a million-dollar net worth, if you want to buy a new car, that's fine, because a new car will lose 60 to 70% of its value in the first four years. That's the average since we've been making new cars. It's like the world's worst investment. Now, they're fun, and I love cars, and I'm a multimillionaire. I buy brand-new cars often. I sometimes buy a used car, but, um, but I can afford the loss in value. It's, it's, it's not a relative amount of money in, 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 my, in my situation. In your situation, it's a relative amount of money. It's a lot of money. Losing $10,000 on something right now in your life is a lot. So I, I wouldn't buy new. Not at all. And at 22, Dave, I thought you were very generous. I'd, I'd push him a little bit. I'd probably do 15000 I mean, 22, but hey, you got the money. Do exactly what Dave said there. But you don't need a fancy car. Just something nice and dependable. That's all. You, you trust can get me, a lot of car for twenty grand. A, a lot of car. Fabulous vehicle. My goodness. I mean, it's it's amazing what you can get. And yeah. certainly if you get a brand that is very dependable, doesn't have a lot of mechanical issues. I would just stack that money if I were your age. I really would. Yeah, yeah, and stay out of the car business for a while. I mean, it's a it's a losing business, so, and it is right now too. But yeah, you're right. Six months ago, uh, you know, we had the mm-hmm. supply chain issues that messed up the car market, like it messed up the lumber market, like it messed up a lot of other markets. But nowadays, uh, some brands anyway are cranking the factories back up. And they're dumping the new cars back on the lots, and that's bringing the used cars back down uh, because new cars are starting to have inventory again. Now, some brands, they don't have any inventory still. Uh, they're still short, but it um, uh, depends on what it is you're looking at. But, but still, I, if I'm 22, that's what I'm doing for sure. That's the answer to your question. Thank you for joining us. This is The Ramsey Show. Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today. If you enjoy this podcast, you should check out other great podcasts from the Ramsey Network, like the Dr. John Deloney Show. Mental health challenges and hurting relationships happen to everyone, but they don't have to define you. I'm Dr. John Deloney, and I help people navigate through the messy things in their lives on The Dr. John Deloney Show. I'll walk alongside you as you face parenting, marriage, and other relationship challenges, and I'll walk alongside you as you try to connect with people, as you face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn how to change your life. Listen, I want you to be well. Listen to The Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. 
This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.